0: Are some intangibles that those projections failed
1: to take into consideration the crowd was going crazy there's not much in life that's better than that
0: all right what's going on next episode of garlic fries and baseball guys at long last uh my friend joe shasky along with joe shasky it's mark willard uh that's it the season is uh, is over Uh, we're into the playoffs been an interesting start with the new format Um, but it's off-season time for the san francisco giants which oddly if you look at the last handful of
2: weeks this is what we've been waiting for yeah yeah we absolutely have and you know it's crazy how during the season i was so frustrated and just so angry with the direction of where everything's going and then i'm watching the playoffs and i'm saying to myself You know, maybe they're not that far off. I know there's some really, really, really good teams. But, like, seeing these three-game series and seeing how loaded the Mets were financially and how much money they spent, man, if if this young crop of players can actually deliver down the line... Uh, I'm feeling optimistic, but that's neither here nor there. Let's get yeah, rolling. Well, the they,
0: yeah, they finished at 500, and I agree with you. I don't think I, I. just think there's a lot that can happen in off season. It's yes. not to say whether they're that close or not. I just think the roster is going to look so different. Yes. It has to. It feels that way. And Farhan Zaidi did his postseason media availability, and a lot of interesting stuff came out yeah. of it. So let's work through a lot of it. One of the things that we heard this year was that potentially Gabe Kapler had lost the clubhouse, and players were not necessarily vibing the same way with him. And it's real easy. 107 wins versus 81. It's going to feel that way sometimes. Um, but, you know, you you look at some of the different things um, that, uh, that happened with Gabe Kapler, and some people were starting to go A to B on that. Farhan opened up a little bit about the coaching staff and the training staff and had this to say.
1: I still view us as being an organization in, in good standing in the industry. You know, this is still a big market, still a place where people want to play. I think CAP has a really good reputation, you know, among players as being somebody that players want to play for. Our coaching staff continues to have a good reputation as just being really accessible to players and, and helping them get the most out of their abilities. So our training staff, Dave Greshner and that group, the job that they've done. You know, particularly with pitches over the last few years, I think has created a real competitive advantage for us. And again, that's the kind of thing that players talk about. So as we looked at pitching this offseason, I think that'll be a real asset for us.
0: You know, uh, a lot of this really blew up with the Zach Littell situation. And I, I think it allowed people to go, see, did you see that? Like something's wrong there between Gabe and, and the players. Um, look, similar to everything we've talked about with the Warriors in the last week, there there are things i'm sure that happen behind the scenes in a long season but i'm i'm for right now gonna buy what farhan is selling here with regard to it being an organization you you want to join versus it being an organization you want to get the hell out of like that's that has not been the reputation for a long time and they do have the track record as he said, of getting more out of people than they were getting before they arrived.
2: And, you know, quite frankly, I expected the bottom to fall out for this team for the entire month of September. I mean, they were completely out of it. And you had a lot of older guys who maybe were frustrated with their lot in life in regards to where they stand with the Giants. That didn't happen. Right, So to me, the fact that there was no mutiny with Buster last year, with Brandon Bell, with Brandon Crawford, with Evan Longoria, I'm actually encouraged in, in a weird way. And then his point about this is a place that people want to come to. Everyone wants to go to a place, yes, to have professional success. But also to make a lot of money. Like, that's yeah. the other thing. And I look at just a couple of the one year deals that I thought maybe these could get sideways. Jock Peterson, Gosman a couple years ago. Obviously, Rodon is essentially a one year deal. You ask me, are they in better standing around the league after their small stint with the Giants or before? Like, I think the money is going to tell you they're better after coming to the giants. Well, not only is that
0: the case, but because it seems to happen every year, that's when players and agents go, okay, what's going on there. Exactly. Because it is a pattern that has been established. And you mentioned Rodon and it is going to be the latest. I know right now we're stuck in the whole, like, man, is he going to stay? What is this going to cost? Uh, Farhan did say, uh, yes, he's going to opt out. He also said they've been in touch and there's mutual interest. So the door is not closed there, although it didn't sound terribly likely. But either way, again, when you get a Gosman and Rodon's like, I want to be the next Gosman, Yeah. And now he does what he does. And there's someone else out there who's like, I want to be the next Rodon.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And and think about Rodon's little path here. The biggest knock was, can he stay healthy the whole year? Well, not only did he stay healthy, it felt like he was getting better. Now, yep. I know they skipped his final start, and that's probably best for all cases. Look at his numbers across the board. <laughs> they're, they're career bests in every category, strikeouts, strikeouts per nine, innings pitched, ERA. He had success in terms of the win-loss record. like if you're looking at this from a standpoint of can I maximize my value and parlay it for, for not just team success, but personal success, check, check. Like there's no doubt about it. And then I I just, I think about it also from like an everyday player standpoint. And I look at someone like Jock Peterson, had they trotted Jock out there every single day? His numbers would not have been as good as the way that they picked and chose and used him. He might get a multi-year deal. He might not, but he might get a multi-year deal, and that's because of the way the Giants used him.
0: No, there's no doubt that 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 the pattern has been: join the Giants, and your free agent arc uh, goes up. That's uh, exactly. that's been a pattern now uh, for for a whole lot of guys. So that's good. Now the other side to this that Farhan did discuss was the idea of selling players on this organization, but not just now, into the future as well. So I think this is an important one here, and I'll tell you why after. Mm. I'll tell you why I find this to be a precursor to the kind of deal that Farhan has not signed
1: before. So take a listen to him talking about selling mm. players on this franchise. Really understanding players' preferences, selling guys' who we view as targets on the organization and our vision. And once you do that, obviously you move on to the economics. But, you know, with a lot of these high-end free agents, the economic piece, which is obviously a really big part of it, it, the conversations wind up converging in a certain area. And it doesn't always come down to that. It comes down to where a player at the end of the day wants to play. That's sort of the luxury that guys in that bracket of free agency have created for themselves is, is being able to choose where to play. So that's going to, that's going to be an area where we're really going to focus as, as we engage in those pursuits. Okay.
0: So see, he's not talking about selling them so much, even on the organization. He's not talking about selling them on the finances. He said, selling them on our vision. Mm. Now, why would I care about selling you on our vision? If you're only going to be here for a year? Yeah, Or if you're only going to be here for a one plus one. Good point. All of the deals he's signed to this point, who cares about the vision? You're just here to rehab your image and go back out on the free agent market again. But what the Giants keep telling you, and what I love about this, because they're really painting themselves into a corner, is they're telling all of the fans, we intend to actually land some of the big fish this time around. I know people want to say, I'll believe it when I see it. But the Giants, I believe, have to because yeah. they've told you uh, yeah. that they're going to go out and do it. Pair that with Bob Nightingale's report over the weekend that they don't want Judge. They want Judge and Trey Turner. I love that. It doesn't mean they're going to get it, but it, 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 I think it's a window into the mindset they're going to use as they go into this offseason.
2: You know, it's really interesting. We're sitting here talking about Farhan and and there's no question. Money is going to be the massive thing. As in how much you're going to give every single player. But let's just say hypothetically, the money is somewhat equal. What's the one thing the Giants have in their back pocket? When you look around at all the brainiac front offices that are out there, they've got a connection to the players in Buster Posey. Now you could say Joe, he's only a figurehead, but when all things are equal, I look at guys. I call them consigliere's. John Lynch, Jerry West. Look across sports. Pat Riley. When you have player equity in the league and you've recently retired, I do think those little tiny things matter when you're trying to win in the margins. When we're talking about mega money, I mean yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. It's the little things that can make a guy kind of even consider you.
0: I mean, it doesn't hurt, and it's not even just a connection to the players because he's a good one and a recent one, but there really aren't many players around the game that sort of have the respect and gravitas of a Buster Posey, and hell, Joe, I don't care if he's got any of that. Aaron Judge has his jersey on the wall, (laughs) and that's enough for me to bring Buster into the conversation, and clearly Buster now as a part of the ownership group is going to do that. So listen – the bottom line is this for 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 us and for all of you the fans the Giants have set the expectation. Yeah. They have set the expectation for this offseason and that is huge. The ceiling is high, the money will be high, the expectations are high. Now now they got to go get some wins. Yeah. Too many second place finishes before now.
2: There's no doubt. I mean, they've got to land a couple of marquee players here in this free agency. But but, Mark, I, I want to stress this. It's not just going to be a couple of saviors in free agency. I just watched the Mets spend buco bucks and bow out in the first round. They are going to need a collection of the young guys to supplement with the veterans that are already here. Some of the younger guys that are already here and whoever you bring in in free agency, this is a, to me, and and I heard it from far on, it's a multi pronged effort, but it does start with throwing a boatload of money at a couple of the top dogs. You
0: know, let's say even you know, let's get crazy, and an Aaron Judge or a Trey Turner does come, that that doesn't that doesn't get your first place no. in in the division. No, that that farm system is going to have to start spitting some things out. Exactly, uh, that that bullpen is going to have to be much more locked down next year. It's going to, as they've always said, have to be a combination of the young homegrown starting to really have a presence on the roster combined with big fish and then combined with what they've always done well, which is plug and play on the margins in the holes that they have.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And let's just say hypothetically, they don't land judge, but they do get Trey Turner and someone else. Now you've taken a big chess piece from your division rival and you could say it's not a big deal. I think it's a huge deal. I I think if you could land someone like Trey Turner and keep the Dodgers from getting him, uh, that to me would be massive. Well, I, I agree with you, and that is
0: a perfect lead into uh, what we want to play for you next. A quick reminder that you're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. Uh, our season-end special, by the way, though, this offseason, we're not going anywhere. We will still be with you throughout the offseason, but setting the table for it right now on this episode with Joe Shasky, Mark mm-hmm. Willard, and we're coming at you every week throughout the offseason, so make sure you subscribe and do not miss an episode. Speaking of those Los Angeles Dodgers. This was absolutely a question for Farhan. It's one thing to try to get better. It's another thing to swing big in free agency. It's a third thing to close the gap with this team that seems to be, at least in the regular season, the most epic thing that we've seen in recent memory. So how do you go about doing it? This is what Farhan said on closing the gap with the Dodgers.
1: It's just a matter of, creating a farm system pipeline that is impacting the major league roster. And we saw some of that this year with guys like Jelly and Bart and Camilo Duvall really establishing himself. And we certainly hope to see continued growth from Dave Vr. And, you know, we look to next year with guys like Kyle Harrison and Casey Schmidt and right behind that with Luis Matos, who's off to a great start in fall league, Marco Luciano I mean, it's going to have to come from within. It's interesting in my conversations with Buster over the last couple of months. One thing that he has brought up is in his experience and, you know, during the world championship run of 2010 to 14, the core of that team was homegrown talent. We've got to get to that same point uh, because once you have that foundation, it's easier to add around that. You can't build a championship caliber team just through free agency. And that's certainly going to be a channel that we're going to pursue this off season. But, you know, to answer your question, it's a really high standard that they've set. Um, and I think for us, it's just about continued progress towards sustainability. And this is going to be a key off season for us to continue to close that gap.
0: Okay. So a couple things here, because I know that it, it is, there are certain fans whose eyes are going to roll at the idea of continuing to wait for, Farm hands, uh, especially because the Giants have not had a good track record on that, quite frankly, since Buster Posey and Tim Lincecum and Matt Kane and Madison Bumgarner arrived. But back up for a second and realize he is 1,000% correct. It doesn't mean you don't go get free agents. It doesn't mean that you don't make trades at the deadline. But if you want to have a good team, look around baseball. Okay, to the Braves swing big in free agency, yeah. To the Dodgers swing big in free agency, yeah. Guess who's waiting for those big free agents when they arrive on the roster? Really good homegrown players. Yeah. And Giants fans don't need to be told this. He just said it. When's the last time they were good when a homegrown core yeah. came up? So you can think that you're chasing daisies, but it, it's just the way that it, it it has to be. Some of those guys down on the farm are going to have to start hitting. And uh, and hopefully the big first hit, and I mean a big hit, hopefully that will be Kyle Harrison next year.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting that he went Kyle Harrison, Casey Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Like, did you notice that? Like, And maybe well, it was a slip of the tongue. But I don't feels- think so. I mean, I don't think shot through
0: the system this year. He went from, from, from one level to double a and then to triple a, he's got a bullet and that's a big thing. You know, that he said that to us, like they want to reward guys who force their way to the next level. And that's what Casey did this year.
2: Absolutely. And I'm just envisioning a scenario where I've got a one-two punch of Logan Webb, who would be your veteran on the staff, even though he's still under arbitration. And then you'd have Kyle Harrison. I mean, that's a hell of a one-two punch to start off with. And then if you can get a third baseman, I mean, think about it. They haven't had a homegrown third baseman since Matt Duffy. And really, he was like a converted second baseman. You got to go all the way back to Matt Williams to think about a homegrown third baseman like that. Pablo had been developed into like a catcher and a first baseman. He wasn't a third baseman by design originally. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Casey Schmidt. And if these other guys can supplement it, now we're talking about pillars of an organization to move forward.
0: I tell you what third base and the entire left side of the infield real quick is massively fascinating right now on multiple levels in this press conference. Farhan stated a, he does believe there's a role for Evan Longoria on the team next year. So that's number one. Number two, he mentioned David VR. Now, VR can move around. Yeah. He had a very, very interesting final month and a half of the season. He can also play over there. Uh, number three, they've even mentioned out loud we know about the great shortstops uh, that are on the free agent market, but you also have Brandon Crawford for one more year. And through all of that, then you get to Casey Schmidt and Maybe Marco Luciano the year after that. And by the way, I've got it on pretty decent authority. Luciano's not projecting as a shortstop. Yeah, I right don't field, think right? we're. Yeah, I do not think we're ever yeah. going to see Luciano at shortstop in the major leagues. I think he's going to, he, it could be third, it could be left field. Yeah. It, you know, it could be a lot of DH. So, um, in some ways, That all opens itself up to maybe a free agent shortstop in ways that we weren't thinking about before.
2: Well, and I also I'm very fascinated to see how they put their own spin on the no shift thing. I I do think that that is it's a philosophical shift for not just Major League Baseball, but specifically the Giants. And I'm really curious to see how they attack that. You referenced Evan Longoria. Is Evan Longoria a guy that can maybe move to first base occasionally? It feels like DH. I would try to use him in the DH role every now and then. If you do have a variety, like having too many third basemen is not the worst thing. We all know Wilmer can't really play there defensively. I love the guy. He he really can't. Longo oh. can play there. But yeah. the problem with Longo, when you play him there, he takes a wear and tear on his body. Oh, true.
0: Although the funny thing about Wilmer, because I didn't even mention him and we know he's on the team next year. Yes. I actually think you can't hide him at second base no. in the way you used to in the yeah. past because you're not going to be flanked by two more infielders over your left and right shoulder with no shift. So does Wilmer actually have to go play third or a lot of first yeah, or a lot of DH uh, in, in his future?
2: Well, And this is the other thing. Hyping up a VR makes a lot of sense, whether he's in your long-term future or not. Like what the Dodgers did for a long time. We love Verdugo, and I'm just using him as yeah. an example. Oh, we love him. We love him. Next thing you know, he's off to Boston for Mookie Betts. Now, I'm not saying that kind of a trade's going to happen, but you have to create assets when they're are none no doubt
0: i mean could vr be a part of that otani trade that's coming <laughs> here in four weeks i don't know um anyway uh more more, more on that <laughs> more on that by the way following the idea of closing the gap with the dodgers because that does feel like this very very big mountain yeah. decline uh you also have to remember that we're in an age where two and three teams in a division uh can can make the playoffs so it's not just about catching the dodgers and farhan said this about annual playoff expectations
1: we're certainly in a stage as an organization where we expect to be in the playoffs every year and if we're not in the playoffs that's a bad outcome you know I look at 2020 where we missed out on a tiebreaker on the last day of the season we could still sort of paint that with a silver lining that we took it down to the end of the season and there's no silver lining to not missing the playoffs now this is where we are as an organization. This is the standard that we hold for ourselves and we haven't got there. So I look at this season as one that had a disappointing result, but wasn't the result of the effort from the players or staff as a front office. You know, we clearly need to do better and put ourselves in a better position to make it. Another answer that I dig because
0: because what he didn't do there was speak about a timeline. Uh, He did not say, well... Farm guys not here yet. Well, uh, right, we're still, you know, member of the answers of the last few years. COVID really hurt us more than other teams because of where we were in our arc um, and, and, and in the farm system. Those are the answers we've gotten in the past. You didn't get that this time. They went eighty-one and eighty-one. That's not okay. It's not sitting well within the organization, and that's why I expect to see very, very different moves this off season than what we've seen in the past.
2: This is music to my ears. If you wanted to pick one clip that makes me feel super encouraged about the philosophical shift of not just for but the organization as a whole, that's the quote right there. You've paid the the, uh, stadium off. You don't have debt. You have 300 million in your back pocket from Oracle slapping their name on it. You've won three world series. You've built up the equity. You should be in the playoff hunt and in the playoffs Every single year, like that's should be the goal. So hearing that out loud and them setting that bar was so refreshing to hear. It's, it's well, what I wanted to hear as a Giants fan. No right. doubt.
0: And, and, and I, I, I keep encouraging Giants fans who are used to now this idea that Farhan and this regime regime like to pinch pennies. I keep trying to tell people if your subject matter is money, I actually want everybody to understand the Giants are in better shape than anyone in baseball. If you're going to go out and say there are big free agents and we want them, the Giants who for years have preached, we want financial flexibility to the point where fans have gone, well, flexibility doesn't win us any games. No, but it can win you free agents. And we have reached that time where frustration meets opportunity Mm -hmm. meets a good free agent class And then meets them saying out loud a hundred times over, we are going to be in on everyone meets Bob Nightingale saying it in print. I mean, all of these things add together. And, and it it tells me that when they get into a room and and you heard him say it a second ago, we're not sure what makes every guy tick, Mm -hmm. but
2: when it comes to the dollars, if that's what it comes down to, the giants should win and it's, we we wanted to hear this for how many months now, you know what I mean? This is refreshing to hear out loud. Cause I do think that they felt that way internally, but to say it out loud, that means a lot to me. So I'm extremely optimistic. The only thing that I'm a little worried up is that I know giants fans. If we don't get the big fish, you know, Aaron judge or, or even let's say Trey Turner, you still have to be discerning. I don't want them to just pivot and recklessly take someone because Darby Swanson, for example, if that's not the guy that you've identified, then don't give him a four-year deal right. like I get it. if you strike out on Trey Turner as much as it'll pain everybody if that's the only guy that you like and you don't like Correa for whatever reason come out and say it don't just pivot to the sixth best shortstop because that's how we got Samarja you know yep. what I mean you yep. didn't get Granky. you pivoted I liked Quato but then you went and you got Samarja and then you hamstrung yourself and you didn't use that same discernment and there goes your financial flexibility
0: no I think I think that's a good point and I think that that this group because of the way their brains work i don't think they'll do that i agree I think that they, they lean so hard toward hesitating to hand out the big deal yes. I, I really doubt they go hand out the big deal to someone that they don't actually like um and, and and so i think they'll do it at the highest level and if they don't get those guys it'll be interesting to see where they turn because by the way we they could also show up with the biggest contract offer and still get two no's from those guys because Trey Turner wants to be in the East Coast and Aaron just doesn't want to leave New York. Mm -hmm. Like, that's entirely possible. So I think that's a fair point. Don't just, you know, don't be 2 a.m. at the bar. Just don't do do that. And I don't think they will.
2: I don't think they will either, but I also think we need to prepare Giants fans. Like, if they do strike out, that doesn't mean you just spend wildly like a drunken sailor who just hit port. That, that's all I'm saying. Like, we've yep. had this opportunity. We've waited patiently. Like, there will be more free agents in, in the future. If you strike out this year, it's not the worst thing is what I'm saying. And I know it's frustrating and it'll leave us all wanting more, but the worst thing they could do right now is we waited this whole turn and then you got the seventh guy that you wanted and not one of the top two or three. Yep, absolutely. So let's talk about money because there's a lot to discuss there. And
0: Farhan was asked a lot of questions about it. And so we'll give you some of those answers here coming up in just a second. A reminder that this is Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. We come at you every week. The Giants fan podcast by Giants fans for Giants fans. And we will do this throughout the offseason as well. So make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss an episode. Check it out. Farhan was put absolutely on the hot seat by certain members of the media, including um, our own producer, Sam, when it got to the idea of money. So first and foremost, Farhan, are you feeling pressure to actually go make that big move?
1: We're not going to judge ourselves by the offseason headlines, but obviously making headlines in the offseason could be really impactful in that goal of making the playoffs in 2023. So we are already kind of hard at work. And, you know, like I mentioned, I think there's multiple ways for us to get better, whether it's our own internal players, whether it's by trades and whether those trades are for established veteran players or younger players that we think can step in and provide some of the athleticism that we're looking for. We just don't see it as a let's go win the offseason type situation. We view it as our fans expect a winning team, which we didn't deliver this year. and so. We have to go back to the drawing board and explore every channel to get better. So, so I expect us to be really active this off season. As people mentioned, we do have the flexibility to be involved in you know every possible option on the table. But you know, our goal is when we get to spring training, when opening day starts in 2023, we feel like we've got a playoff caliber team out on the field, and and that's going to drive everything we do this off season.
0: I dig the way he connected dots here because what he said was, we're not chasing headlines. We're chasing the playoffs, Mm. but we also think some headlines might be what gets us to the playoffs. (laughs) So I think that first of all, that's an intricate way of answering this. But again, he's, he's telling you what, what their mindset is right now. And so this kind of aggression, like with each answer that you listen to, it gets you excited. And and I know that when you're excited, you're set up for disappointment as well. Um, but you know, I always think when you hear answers like that, it just makes me go, look, they're, they're further along than we are. They know more than we do. They've been talking to the agents. I feel like they, they've got to be encouraged that they are going to be on a short list yes. for, for a very short list of people.
2: I mean, it feels like the back channeling has begun months ago and yep. the, the giants already know they're in the mix. And you know what? It's better than where they were two years ago. Cause even when the Bryce Harper thing was going down, I never truly felt like they were in the mix. Like I wanted to believe, but it felt like he was using us to get that 12th and 13th year. You know what I mean? Like we were a Scott Boris pawn, whereas this time around and, and maybe I'm wrong again, it, it doesn't feel that way. The other thing I would say is, Did the Giants win the offseason in 2010? Now, I understand it's it's a completely different era and it was a totally different time. Like they brought in Aubrey Huff and Juan Uribe, a bunch of afterthoughts to supplement with the team that they had going. And it was trending in the right direction. But nobody knew it would net what it netted last year going into that year. I had no idea they were going to win 100 plus games and be one of the greatest Giants regular season teams of all time. Can they still, without landing the big fish, have a monster offseason? Of course they can. Right? Yes.
1: Of course yes. they
2: can. And I think that's the point that he was trying to get through. Well, listen, winning the
0: offseason, you want to know when we've talked about it? <laughs> yes. Who won the offseason last year? The Texas Rangers. Yep. And they won 68 baseball games this year. They won 68 baseball games, and their president of baseball ops, their Farhan, has been relieved of his duties. Yep. So, yeah, I don't want to win the offseason season. I want to win the season. Yep. And he dropped in the word athleticism, the oh, athleticism that. that we're looking for, yeah. which has got to just feel like music to everybody's ears because uh, I just think we're done watching six foot four, 235 pound people go from first to second on a base hit to left and then from second to third on a base hit to right and then watching a strikeout and getting a zero posted in the inning like that. That has got to be a thing of the past with this baseball team.
2: A hundred percent. And then I also think not only is the base running just so huge in this day and age, there's going to be more balls in play. I don't know how many, 5% more, 10% more in terms of up the middle, you're going to have more first to third opportunities. You're going to have more second to home opportunities, but in the corners of this outfield with the divisions that are in the NL, meaning the, the, the ballparks and the dimensions that they have, you got to have guys that can fly. Like you just, you yes. just have to. And so that's, that's gotta be a, a point of emphasis, not just to get a slugger. You got to get a guy who can play defense out there as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, when, when you, I'm sure they are enamored yeah. with Trey Turner Uh, Not just you take him from the Dodgers. He's a great baseball player. He's athletic. Yeah. Athletic. He's going to beat you down the line. He's going to, you know, do those cool viral slides on Twitter, whatever. You know what I mean? There needs to be a lot more of that. Okay. Now this one was from producer Sam and he and I connected on this before the Farhan presser. I said, Hey Sam, go ask that guy if they believe they always should be a top 10 payroll in baseball, Mm. because I believe they should be. And this year they fell to 13. And to me, there's a little A to B. It's not like I need the stat of being top 10, but we know that spending is in some way correlated with winning. And and, and here in Market 5, uh, with the background they have, they should be one of the top 10 payrolls all of the time. So Sam went and asked Farhan, well, should you be in the top 10 next year? Here's his answer.
1: I guess you're asking me about sort of dimensions that I don't really see as as goals for the organization. It's not our goal to be sort of in the top ten. I know you're not saying that, but I just don't think about it that way. Our goal is to be certainly one of the top ten teams in baseball, one of one of the top twelve, and be in the playoffs, and and that's going to drive things. And and again, going back to talking about what the payroll process looks like. You know, we look at our finances, we come up with a target, and then, you know, we adjust from there as opportunities present themselves. So if there are those opportunities and it pushes our payroll up to a level beyond what it's been the last couple of years, I think we'll we'll certainly have that support from ownership and they've said so publicly. I I think we're prepared to be in that area, but it's going to come down to the opportunities that that we have. and, And if we do have those opportunities and feel we can execute on them, we know we'll have support from ownership.
0: Okay. So he answered it in a way that I knew he would partially, which is we're not chasing a stat here. We're not trying to be top 10 and we're certainly not going to pigeonhole ourselves to that, but I wanted to know kind of what their thought process was with regard to payroll. And that's really interesting where they do actually sit down and come up with a number. They write a number down on a piece of paper, like that's our budget. But then Willing to adjust from there as opportunity arises, which where, you know, my mind immediately goes to Aaron judge and says, I'm betting that he may not fit in what you write down on a piece of paper, but you'd be willing to rip the piece of paper in half if Aaron's willing to say yes to you.
2: Yeah. And I would like a little follow up in terms of because you want them to be fiscally responsible, right? You you don't want to have a Frank McCourt Dodger situation, right? You just don't want to have that. But at the same time, I want to know how tied to uh, the revenue they are in terms of attendance, in terms of merchandise. Like, how does fielding a competitive club help that bottom line increase payroll? Does that make sense? I, I, I'm very interested to see how those two are correlated. Well,
0: I, I, I tell you why it's important whether they look at it that way or not. We do. Yes. You know they, That's the Absolutely. important thing. There is an issue here that is building. Absolutely. The Giants Giants finished with less than two and a half million fans in the building for the first time in a really long time. And we have now graduated out of – I'm not going to say the pandemic's over. We have graduated out of the time in our lives where you can use that as a reason or an excuse if you're not filling up your building. So if you're going to keep charging what you're charging for parking and beer and nachos – And whatever, just tickets. If you're going to keep doing that, the the team, and I believe they do, has got to know we are making that connection. Mm -hmm. If you're going to ask me to pay this, then you better give me that. And that can't be – a platoon with Lamont Wade. It has, yes, to, be, yes. it has to be Aaron Judge or, or yes. something that I really am excited to go see. And then it also, right, like a winning baseball team. It has Absolutely. to be. Absolutely
2: absolutely and and to to further your point i look at it look is it sports of course it is but baseball maybe as much as basketball is about entertainment as well do i want to tune into this television product and spend my hard-earned money if it's a bunch of characters i don't care about what's what's that dead man walking the zombie show that everybody watches on amc that's terrible uh uh, is it walking dead walking dead okay you know why the walking dead got boring because it's the same show every (laughs) single day every single week week after week after week and we kind of knew and we were tired of some of the characters why was game of thrones so compelling tons of compelling characters that you absolutely loved and you had no idea who was going to be there or not and it was thrilling to follow the entire time now i'm not saying that that's how this team should be run but there is an element of entertainment when your kids go to the game mark Hey, buy an old Will Clark jersey from 30 years ago. Like, that's the only guy they want to see. Seriously. I, I just need a little something, something to draw me in the tent is where I'm going.
0: Are you suggesting that if somebody strikes out three times, they kill them off and they are not allowed to come back? Is that? it we'll put their sure? head on a spike in yeah. dead center field near all the pennants that are waving in the wind. I know a lot of people are nodding their head right now. Like, yeah, it's actually not. Uh, that's not a terrible <laughs> idea. Uh, you you boot a ball at with...
2: second. You got to do the walk of shame. <laughs> well, by the way, it's one of the reasons the Zach Littell
0: thing I actually felt like one of the best reality show moments of the season, even though it didn't really matter. It was like Zach Littell stood up and, and pounded his chest and they're like, you're out. Not only are you out of the game, you're off the team and you might not be coming back. (laughs) Like they did.
2: They killed him off. I know it's crazy. And like, I'm looking at it this way and Mark on your point of like compelling, I love Camilo Duvall. He doesn't really do anything that's energetic. He's actually the quite opposite of what Brian Wilson was. Brian Wilson, three, two, he's screaming and yelling. He's sweating through his cap. After he strikes you out, he's screaming into the dugout. He's doing the X and pointing to the sky. Camilo Duvall's like, huh? you know, it's a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like the heart doesn't move. (laughs) Logan Webb, kind of the same thing. I'm not knocking them, but I got to have some compelling on this team at some level. Like somebody's got to have a pulse.
0: Well, I tell you what, uh, Camillo's at least going to speed up next year because this clock is going to make him. So uh, it should be different uh, next year for sure. Uh, But, of course, what we're actually talking about are some of the names on the back of the jersey. So who will be here next year? Uh, One more from Farhan and the type of player he is looking to target this year.
1: One of the things that we've really tried to do in the last couple of off seasons is pursue players that we had a good feel and sense of their desire to be Giants. And some of that is our ability to convince players that this is a great place to play which we all you know genuinely believe some players don't take that much convincing others take a lot more I mean you know one of the reasons we have targeted Bay Area natives over the last couple of years is because we know how much they love playing here a lot of them grew up rooting for the Giants and to be able to put that uniform on is you know really special for them and you know sometimes brings out even a higher level of performance well
0: well well sometimes we target players who are from the area who grew up Giants fans. Gee, I, 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 I wonder what kind of path he's trying to create there. Anybody in particular you might be able to think
2: of? All rise? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's the judges' chambers. That's what we're trying to do. And from a marketing standpoint here, I mean, Mark, we were just talking about compelling characters. Imagine the merch they sell oh. if they get 99. I mean, I'm just from a marketing standpoint, this is a Larry Bear dream. I don't even know why New
0: York hasn't gone further into this. You know, you've got John Sterling, who you know, all rise. I feel like the way San Francisco is and so different from New York, if a team started winning, I mean, think about this now as a city, this is a group that has put on let Timmy smoke shirts. Uh This is a, this is a group that put Panda hats on in in the middle of games. Why would we not all be wear- like, why 100%. would you not have a judge robe night? Why would you not have, you know, uh, those wigs that used to be worn? You, I like all kinds of things uh, that, that, that we could do in terms of marketing. And so I'm with you. Larry bear um, ha- is probably counting the days to the Aaron judge meeting whenever they get it.
2: And I'm going to tell you this right now, if they land, let's just say hypothetically, and it feels Look, it feels like a long shot. If they land him, Buster Posey immediately jumps up into the Jerry West pantheon for San Francisco Giants fans in terms of being able to close the deal. Like, whether he had any impact or not, he will get all the runoff on that. I mean, if they get Aaron Judge, I will order the 99 jersey yesterday. And if I'm Aaron, I have Buster sitting next to me at
0: that welcome press conference because how, uh, like... How could you do a better job of ushering exactly. yourself in if they, if they do it? Look, I'm not trying. I'm with you. It is way less than 50-50 likelihood. Yes. I still think he probably ends up wearing a Yankee jersey for, for his life. However, if he leaves, I'm putting the Giants in the driver's seat. Absolutely. And I do think, I mean, I really think there's only three teams in this. Who I are really they? do. It's the Yankees, Mets, and Giants. I, I'm and with I you. I really think realistically, I would bet a lot of money that he is in one of in one of those three jerseys next year.
2: I'm with you. And I just have this feeling after seeing the Bob Nightingale report. If they land judge, somebody else is coming. It's not a singular thing. This has got a basketball feel to it where when one guy went, he was whispering to one of the other dudes. It feels like a package deal. And maybe I'm just crazy and drinking the Kool-Aid, but my God, I have a feeling something big is going to happen. Even if it doesn't work right away, it is time for a
0: shot across the bow of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Somebody needs to send a shiver through the spine of the absolute machine that is spitting out first place finishes in the NL West almost every year. The giants are the team that is in position to do that this offseason,
2: and it needs to be done. Yeah, that's well said. I'm so with you. I just, I can't wait for the actual real offseason to begin. Well, and then I'll tell you what, Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the first order of business after seeing Strider get bought out, the pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, I wouldn't be surprised if in the coming two to seven weeks, we see something with Logan Webb, some sort of an extension announced. I I got a feeling he's their dude. And I think that that would be a really good way of locking in. Like, hey, we got Logan for the next X amount of years. I mean, look, he's backed up one good season with another. Why not Uh, make
0: sure that guy's going to be around for a long time? It does make a whole lot of sense. Uh, We're not going anywhere either. We're going to be with you as all this stuff unfolds throughout the offseason. So make sure you are with us. For Joe Shasky, I'm Mark Willard on Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys.